Welcome to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This week, I'm joined by co-host, Gramps. Hey, y'all. It's been quite a week. At least, <laughs> it's been an eventful week in cannabis. It's been an eventful week in Texas, at least for me. Yeah, it's been an eventful week for me, too. I don't know what it is. Uh, something, mercury and retrograde or something going <laughs> on. I don't know. Something wild's happening. It's a blood moon in the harvest of the third week of the fall. <laughs> Mystical things you hear in like a poetry class. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, I went out to the, the hemp summit and that was, that was, an, I'm gonna, it was a lot of stuff. I've never been to an event where I've really been almost glued to every panel the way I was really? at this summit. Like I attention almost everything and phenomenal, phenomenal panel. Cool. I mean, I, I wanted to go, but I just didn't, I just didn't. Couldn't fit it in the schedule, <laughs> uh, but I know there was a lot of good speakers and a lot of good panels. I've seen I've seen a lot of good good comments about the whole thing. Uh, what what kind of panels all did they have out there, Jesse? Um, they had about one like the ones obviously I was really attracted to. They had things about like marketing yourself, um, hemp to like they called it seed to farm seed to to shelf, having your whole product line down. Um, there was ones about genetics, uh, things that are taking place with. How the hemp, how the future for the hemp program itself, like what we want to start doing legislative session. Uh, Sid Miller came out and spoke. And it was so actually, he did show. That's good. It, it was, I think, one of the, my favorite parts was he talked about how, I guess, the, he, he, to paraphrase, like the government has this weird relationship that it talks about with medicine. And it's like, well, we don't like plant-based medicine. He was like, well, this should be like aspirin because that's what aspirin is. He's like, look at the name of the plant that aspirin comes from. It's like aspirea or something like that. He, he points this out. I'm like, you know, that's, that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. We literally derived this, this medic, this medication from a plant. And he's like, why can't we do the same with marijuana? Why can't we make a medical like that? or doctor patient relationship. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the same question we've been asking for a long time now. <laughs> and, he, and he flat out said, he goes, I'm the, I'm the only statewide elected Republican in office who fully supports a marijuana program like that. And it's true. As far as I know, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Now, does does he su- support like things like uh, recreational or adult use or or even home grow or what's his position on those things? I don't know where he sits out on home grow. It's been he he is he's talked about it the way um, Senator Donna Campbell talked about it in 2019 when she made the note of like as a doctor patient relationship that if a doctor yeah. says it he feels that this would be the recommendation for you to have and you to use this bureau like he's a bureaucrats and legislators should not be getting in the way of that. Yeah, they are not. They are overall not the experts in that field. And I mean, we have a we have a few in 2019 that are experts. Sure, sure. And even uh, you and, know, and that's something I was surprised about was um I can't remember his name, but there was a guy he he wound up retiring after the 2019 session. He had like a background in biologics, and he was just flat. He finally was like, you know what? You're right. It should be a doctor patient relationship. And that's how it should be handled. He's like, I, I shouldn't be told in my research. Well, you you can't recommend that. It's not good. Well, they've even they've even come back out. And realized in, in recent months, you're, you're seeing that the ideas change. I don't know if any, any regulations or, or laws have changed yet, but but I've seen the stories where there. I think it's the FDA even saying, and the, maybe even the DEA. I don't remember, but uh, something to the effect of how they're realizing that even the prohibition of prescription opioids because you know several years back they they've pulled the reins back on what doctors can and can't prescribe and what they you know how much they can give and for how long and all that kind of thing and they're they're realizing that what that's doing 
is simply driving people to the black market. Oh, no, for sure. We've heard that story before, haven't we? <laughs> well, what's funny is then this isn't the only the only drug slash medication we've seen this happen to. We did the same thing with uh, ecstasy yep. and we were like, this is bad. We got to take it off the market. We took it off the market and we saw more deaths come from ecstasy being on the black market because there wasn't any sort of regulation to make sure that people were getting a clean product. And um, yep. my brother once told me, he goes, the problem with it is you don't know who Jethro out in BFE is cutting this with. Could be Dawn dish soap, could be kerosene. What's your gamble going to be this week for where your ecstasy comes from? Yeah. And that's what, you know, I mean, there are lawmakers out there that understand that, that point. Uh, but so many of the policymakers don't get it. They just don't get that concept that what's out there that everybody's going to do anyway in terms of cannabis or any street drugs. They're getting it because A, it's available. B, it's cheaper than anything else they can or can't get or C, they can't get it elsewhere. And the problem is, is what's out there. Who knows where it was made? What bathtub? You know, what ditch? I mean, you've seen some of those videos where they, they're cooking that fentanyl down there in Mexico. You know, those special reports. It's a hole in the ground. <laughs> you know. Dirt drugs. <laughs> That's we what have, I want. Have dirt weed. You might as well just have dirt fentanyl and dirt ecstasy while you're at it. Bring it on, baby. And then when you're done taking these drugs, you're going to take a dirt nap for sure. It might be a permanent dirt nap, right? I don't know of any temporary dirt naps, so. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, back in the day, I might have passed out face down in the dirt a time or two. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of, I passed out in the grass, but never in the dirt. <laughs> Wake up with grass stains all over me. What happened? Yeah. Where was even, I? I've even woken up with a mouthful of sand before, you know, pass out on the beach. That's really no fun. <laughs> you know, younger days, live and learn, as they say. <laughs> Why do I smell like the ocean? There's sand in my mouth. It's like weekend at Bernie's going on in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. Never know. So what else happened at the at the uh, the summit? The um, There's a lot of like, networking. Network, I say that's that's the biggest benefit of going to these. It's not a panel itself, but there's there's always a mixer afterwards. They call it a mixer, but it's a networking event. Sure. So we're actually able to sit down, talk one on one about what we do and how we do it in the industry and what problems we're facing and things we're seeing. And it's just amazing hearing from people and their individual struggles that they face or problems that they see in the industry. And you start having this these conversations. Like, you know, if you ever watch the show House, it's like you get to bounce ideas off of each other. I mean, sure. it's really, to me, it's like that's a very necessary function of, of having business and being able to intertwine that way is you get to bounce ideas off of each other and you start fitting the puzzle pieces together to fix things. Well, that's that's one of the things that people don't understand. They, they, you know, I even had people ask me, why do they have events like this, you know, in Texas where, I mean, it, you, know, you can only grow hemp in Texas and stuff. And I said, well, that's why it's the, the hemp <laughs> event, you know. Uh, but that networking and, and the stuff you're talking about, uh, that's the kind of thing that makes any industry grow is by people networking and talking about their their woes and their successes and things. You know, I mean, that's that's all part and parcel, right? Well, one of, say, one of the things that I remember got mentioned during a marketing panel, and this is something if you're if you're listening or watching the podcast, you're probably found it through a social platform of some sort or on YouTube. Like and subscribe um, that. uh you don't own those accounts. Uh, nope. And I'm, I'm glad that they're, that we're really finally putting that out. It's like, 
you don't own those accounts on those platforms. You just don't. Those are things that Facebook owns, Instagram owns, Google and YouTube owns. And at any point, they could say, you know what? We've had it. We've had yep. it with you. We've had it with what's going on. We're taking your account down. So it is yep. very paramount for any business in this industry to have a website and that they try to direct the traffic to that website because if they shut your socials down, how do people find you? Yeah, how does somebody in El Paso true. find your business in San Antonio to do purchases if you're not in social anymore and you're creating an account every other week trying to fight back? Yeah, I know so many, so many um, people who are in business that rely 100% on social media. Yeah, they don't have a website. There's people, they don't have a website. They've, they're like, well, I've made Facebook my website. And it's like, Facebook is not your website at all. No, mm -hmm. Don't ever make it your website. It's a great tool to funnel people in, but it is not a website. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about this congressional bill that went yes. forward to the Biden's desk. HR 8454. That was a good one. Medical uh, Marijuana and Cannabidiol Research Expansion Act, which is, as somebody pointed out to me, um, I want to thank Shane Pennington. We were talking about this before we started the show. Um, we posted the article up on our LinkedIn account, the Cannabis Collective, and he responded with an article he's had about what what the, the nightmare this bill could create. Oh yeah. So um, let's talk, let's talk about that for a minute. So well, for oh, as I bring this up, the um, the bill itself is supposed to be able to give the power to leave the DEA and FDA and Attorney General to expand giving research certificates and access to plant material and licensing. Pretty much, we would just say growers. To grow marijuana plant material for research because was right now like Ole Miss is pretty much the only one if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. So it's like this will allow other institutions to be able to grow. So mm -hmm. say Texas finally gets on board and says, "Hey, let's actually have a research bill of our own to mirror and get this ready." We could see Texas A and M going full on into marijuana research, not just hemp. That would be well, and it also means that that places I think they would be able to utilize and partner up with our current dispensary outfits and for for further research and stuff too. I think it opens the doors for them as well on what they can do, can and can't do. So the, then the way it's it's being it appears it's going to be set up is that pretty much you'll have to be like a I guess you would say already licensed medical research facility. Um, okay. You'll have to be like an educational institute, like a probably a private or public college that's already doing medical research or agriculture research. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. Let's bring up. That's what I say. I think, I think like if A&M wanted to, wanted to partner up with say Texas original or something and, and do something collaborative, they probably could now. Whereas before they couldn't. Exactly. I got to I, I messed that up with sharing that because no matter what, if I click back to see what's happening and what we're talking about, <laughs> I go into the infinite window syndrome. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to have that paradox boot us out. <laughs> we'll bring up the, the bill itself on our website. I know one good aspect of it because every, everything that's happened with, with the uh, applications for marijuana research, you know, they all just stagnate. So one thing this bill does is it requires that the U.S. Attorney General will be is given a 60-day deadline to either approve or give an application request supplement or, or a request for supplemental information for why they want to do the research. Uh, yeah. Well, then that's, that's big. And then as part of that, we'll talk about in a moment that Pennington wrote in his article about there's really no there's no fallout if like the DEA or the FDA goes, no, when they want something either amended or they put in an application. There's no there's no teeth to it. Mm -hmm. So that that becomes an issue because they could just say, uh, no. Well, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. 
And if you take him to court, the court's going to say, it's not that we can do. There's, there's no punishment outlined here. Bill features language stating it shall not be a violation of the CSA for state licensed physician to discuss currently known potential harms and benefits of marijuana derivatives, including cannabidiol as a treatment with the legal guardian of the patient of the physician, patient's child, or a legal adult. Yeah, that's another biggie. There's, there's a lot of big, good aspects to this bill, I think. And I, uh, my, my position was like, you know, it gets tricky when you're trying to create a bill where you already have legal hemp and you've got marijuana separated from it. And you're trying to distinguish that you're wanting to research. You got to put research down for one. That way it can get done. But you got to write it in a way that you don't also affect your hemp side either. Sure. Let's see here. And my, my take on it, and I wrote in at the end of our articles, it could be a big move for the compassionate use program, obviously. Um, Agreed. Because our states and tourists are putting down that it will likely become more involved with marijuana as federal laws are relaxed. Yep. So given yep. the nature of the federal bill, previous legislation and our legislature, we, we may see Texas hand cannabis. Re- uh, uh, I get where people wouldn't like this, but we may see them actually finally hand this over to DSHS. And Yeah, I could see better places, but that's still better than DPS. <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't, I just personally, I don't see us creating a, a special marijuana division. It'd be no. great. It'd be great if we did, but that's something, somebody's argue it costs money. Yeah. No, that, that we're, we're not going to get anywhere by costing money for sure. You know, well, we do need to go into our sponsor break real quick. We're going to talk more about this bill when we come back though. <laughs> Anybody who's wondering, we got more about this bill. I'll have plenty to talk about, give you some more information about it. So I'm your host, Jesse Williams. This is the Lone Star Collective podcast. My co-host Gramps this week. We'll be right back after our sponsor messages. Oak Cliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and the Lone Star Collective podcast. Oak Cliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flour, pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their product's quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Thrive Apothecary offers an experience truly unique from anything else in Texas, a full-service cannabis solution that is doctor-owned and offers customers every level of cannabis legally available in Texas. From traditional CBD products to emerging hemp-derived THC edibles, smokables, and now medical cannabis. As a licensed medical cannabis provider, prospective patients from anywhere in Texas can book a sponsored online eligibility consultation to determine if they qualify for a medical marijuana prescription from the comfort of their own home. Plus, for Texas veterans, the first prescription appointment is donated by Thrive. Visit thrivetx.com for more information. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, the official podcast of Texas Cannabis Collective. Distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams, and Gramps.
Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I'm joined by co-host Gramps this week. Man, talking about that bill and the, the research bill, clearing anybody yeah. who's joining in on this half, and how Shane Pennington had penned an article. He posted a, a link to it as a response on LinkedIn, and I will add that up on here. If I can get it over, there we go. <laughs> no, go I, technology. I, let, let me read it first on drugs. What a I like that name for that website on drugs, turning water into weed and other absurdities. A demonstrably counterproductive cannabis research bill is poised to land on Uncle Joe's desk later this week. Uh, Shane Pennington. Um, he's like, the uh, people, advocates insist it's a step forward. And I would say it is. But they uniformly refuse to engage with my objections. Nevertheless, Congress has apparently passed the thing. Only the slightest revisions. None of them address, as he says, his concerns. Uh, given how little good my initial critique did, it's probably pointless for me to spend more energy on this bill. But a couple of readers want an analysis. It's not too complicated. So he breaks it down. He says the bill imposes various DEA registration requirements on entities seeking to handle CBD and or marijuana derivatives, extracts, preparations, or compounds. Under current law, though, however, neither CBD nor any non-marijuana cannabis derivative extract preparation or compound qualifies as a controlled substance. Thus, as things stand today, you don't need any special DEA registration to research on them. By imposing registration requirements on those otherwise non-controlled substances, this bill dramatically increases barriers to cannabis research. Uh, an example is uh, talked about like water. The com- compounds that contain less than 0.3 delta 9 by dry weight, uh, there's countless marijuana-derived compounds as such. It's like, take water. You can derive the compound we call water from marijuana. When you do, it doesn't contain more than 0.3. Therefore, it's not marijuana and not a controlled substance under federal law. You don't need DEA permission to study it. But under this bill, though, because marijuana-derived water is a derivative extract preparation or compound, you would need to register with the DEA to research it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if the absurdity of this state of affairs isn't apparent to you, you're simply not paying attention. And I'm like, I agree. That's, it is absurd to put, to put yeah. it like that. He's like, to be clear, you need to study it. You're going to extract the water because that person would need to handle marijuana to do so. They need to register with the DEA. He's like, that's true under the status quo and under this bill. The difference is understands quo. Once the water is extracted, anybody can study it. No DEA registration required. Uh, the bill gives DEA via the Attorney General unbridled authority to avoid licensing any marijuana manufacturers at all simply by refusing to place a notice in the Federal Register seeking more applications. So that's and that's I, that's the way of saying it. Is like they, they basically they remember they'd post a notice saying we we need more people. We need yeah. more people to register. Well, they can just say well we're not going to post that up. We have no intent. Yeah. Which becomes uh, bad. <laughs> I agree. It becomes bad. He's like, uh, see section 103, the DEA doesn't have that sort of power over any application to register under current law. Therefore, this is yet another example of bill imposing additional barriers to research by giving the DEA power to block the supply of federally legal study material. And he's like, the commentators through the various deadlines. It imposes on the DEA as its key virtue, and it does impose deadlines. But you look closer and you see those deadlines are worse than useless for two reasons. First, the bill fails to specify consequences for the DEA's failure to meet the deadlines because they'll all be unenforceable in court. He gives an example case. Second, the bill gives the DEA the power to avoid triggering any of the deadlines it imposes by simply refusing to accept any particular application as complete. And he goes into detail about like what is considered complete and how that's that's done. Well, it wouldn't be bureaucratic federal bullshit if it didn't have all the red tape, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, let's be reasonable. They, they they gave up on just writing simple bills to let it A do B to equal C about 50 years ago or maybe even longer. 
Yeah, that's a, finally the bill imposes various limits on who may conduct research and only certain DEA-registered institutions of higher learning, practitioner, manufacturers, and what research they may pursue, essentially FDA-approved preclinical clinical studies. Not only will those provisions place additional limitations on cannabis research that don't exist under current law, they also reinforce failed FDA pharma models on cannabis research. I plans on having a future post to break down uh, a plan to break it down as to why that model doesn't work for those who don't know. So I definitely recommend that if you're not aware of Shane Pennington, that you go find him on LinkedIn. You start following him. He's definitely somebody I recommend you follow. Yeah. He's 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 been involved in many cases with this. It's he's pinned many things about it. It's it, it's amazing listening to him. He's a great source of information and knowledge about cannabis law, both like Texas and a federal level. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I I I'm. I see, like you said, it's something we needed. It's, as he points it out, it's got atrocities to it as well. Sure. What what federal bill doesn't? I mean, that's what I was getting at by, the, you know, the, the comment earlier. They, they can't pass a bill just and let it be that bill. That's impossible these days. Oh, I'm surprised. Like, you know, usually that means they, we call that the rider. It's got yeah. something else that goes in there, has nothing to do with it. And like in Texas, you can't do that. You can't mm-hmm. have just writers that have nothing to do with it. You get to object, say that's not germane to the bill, and it can, that can actually defeat a bill by you throwing something that's just completely unrelated into it. Well, in fact, people have used that technique to kill a bill before. <laughs> yes, we are very aware of that in the cannabis community. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Concentrates. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Bill. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's... Uh, they pull this up because because I'm surprised people are probably thinking this is a long, drawn out, complicated bill. And, you know, it, it's probably got a bunch of stuff in it that doesn't make sense. It's intangible. And it's actually one of the shortest like, federal bills I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> one that's not three inches thick. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and here it is. H.R. 8454. This is it's, it's page, another page. There's like three or four pages. That's it. That's it right there. Quickly, quickly get right through it. Like it's nothing. That's a miracle, really, in itself. <laughs> the shortest federal <laughs> bill in American history that I can think of. Somebody's going to come find one. God, here's one shorter. Be the my guest. That, Put it in the comments, people. Yeah, the thing that I like the best about it is it is the first federal bill, cannabis bill in history to go to the president's desk. Oh, standalone marijuana legislation. Marijuana. Mm-hmm. We had we had a cannabis bill, the hemp bill, the Far- the Farm Act counts technically. It's a well, bill. yeah, it's the first marijuana bill, as everybody likes to say. I'm sorry, I don't <laughs> like that word. I don't use it. <laughs> but yeah, it's the first first marijuana bill, standalone marijuana bill to pass both the House, the Senate, and is now going to the president's desk. That's saying something. Gonna go go to go to Mumbly Joe's desk. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't forget to sign it. <laughs> how to sign his name what's my name again well, my favorite simpsons joe my, when i talk about this everybody's like you know the simpsons pr- predicted it and when joe biden was running i was like the simpsons predicted it and they're like somebody's like what do you mean i'm like there's an episode where homer gets abducted by aliens and they, they want him they want homer to take him to the president and he's like well it's this guy but you know uh he's gonna be in this election next week against some guy um can't remember his name something mumbly joe <laughs> and i was like man like spot on mumbly joe <laughs> now now let's not tear down the poor man he's got a speech impediment and he has a old fogey you know one day we might be the same 
It's one of those things that I tell people, it's easy to poke fun at him, but I don't want to see him fail. I don't want want to see anybody in politics fail, because if they fail, we fail. Yeah, we fail. It hurts us overall. So I hope he messes up. It's like, why? It's going to hurt you. Yeah. Why would you want that? uh, I'm right there with you on that one. So what do we got in what do we got in upcoming events? So we have a hemp harvest festival that takes place this week. In fact, takes place Saturday. That is this week, isn't it? Yeah, bring that. I'll bring that screen up. Share screen. Chrome tab. Yes. Hemp harvest festival. There we go. More local artists, more good times. November 19th at the distribution hall, Texas Hemp Harvest Festival.com. One of a kind event in Austin. Bombed by Sweet Sensi and our friends over there. Shout out to Greg Autry. He's if they do the wonderful guy. He was on several of the panels over the weekend, putting out knowledge, and he was talking about like tissue clones and things of that nature. And I mean, that guy, you he's open. He's open about his business. He's open about how he does things. And anybody wanting to learn, uh, reach out to him. That guy is wealth of knowledge on cannabis growth. It's across the spectrum. Absolutely. Let's see here. Let's see how much are different new tabs we can stay on this. Uh, the 2022 lineup, Collie Buds, Sister Nancy, Mau Mau Chaplains. I guess that's how you say right. Sophia with Weedaya and Tropicana Joe. Wow, that's a pretty good lineup. I know I've seen, I've actually seen advertisements, sponsorships coming through Facebook for Collie Buds. So they're, they're really, they, they got, they got a fan base coming out. So it's going to be a heck of a show. And I like, I don't know, I like Mau Mau Chaplains. I like, I miss seeing them at the normal meetings we used yeah. to have back in the day every month. You know, you know, they still do the, you know, they started doing their live feeds back during the pandemic when, when yeah. the cantina was closed. And uh, I started watching the live feed every Wednesday. And of course, now that they're back doing Redneck Wednesday in person, live in, in, in the Flamingo Cantina there on 6th Street, uh, they still do the live feeds. So it's later at night. So my old ass goes to bed and doesn't watch it on Wednesday night live, but I generally go Thursday night or Friday night and I go back and watch the video afterwards. It's pretty cool to be able to do that. Winston's Jamaican kitchen, man, I I recommend if you, if you're like, I don't like that type of music. You go for Winston's Jamaican kitchen. Oh yeah. There's some good eats right there, baby. He is great, great jerk chicken that he has. Another thing I I used to go to the normal meetings for, but like, man, we're going to go, we're going to have fun, we're going to get <laughs> tore up, and then we're going to have this giant plate of jerk chicken. <laughs> People are like, what? I'm like, oh, man, you, you oh, God, you, like, you got to have this jerk chicken. Winston's is, is the shizzle, man. <laughs> We've and also- then after, after Thanksgiving in December, we got the Taste of Texas Hemp Cup, right? The next, so. next big thing. Yeah, December 10th, 2 to 10 p.m. at the Far Out Lounge in Austin. Yep, the Far Out Lounge, same place as last year, Far Out Lounge, yeah. and I will bring that up and get it to come up. <laughs> wow, there we go. The, the tab wasn't showing my share thing. I was like, really? It popped up. The Taste of Texas Hemp Cup. There you go. What? It's a, can- a cannabis championship music festival. When? December 10th. Doors open at 2 p.m. Um, I do. We, they recommend it on their site. I know I've read it somewhere, that, and I do agree with it. Um, either you get there early to park, like really early, so you can get parking. Or you need to be able to like park a little bit down the street, get an Uber or something, because there is very limited parking in the parking lot by the Far Out Lounge. Here That's good info to a good info to share. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just let everybody know if you're listening in. Make, make sure you're either there right at two before, like right before two, so you're you're able to get in, get parking, or you're parking a little bit down the street. I'm trying to remember. I know exactly. 
I know it's on, I believe it's on Congress. Right, I have the address here. Far Out Lounge. Yeah, I saw that somewhere. Rolling through and I was like, yeah, it's the Far Out Lounge. Where, oh, how to type it in. Far Out Lounge. And stage. And that is at 8504 South Congress Avenue. I was going to say South Congress, but I wasn't sure. Very close, oh my God, very close to where I live. I don't I'm looking on Google Maps right now. It's like you're, it's an 18 minute drive from your home. I'm like, that's why that is to me the best one of the best events because it's only an 18 minute drive for me. Yeah, there's a be a little bit further than that for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say though that um for this event, if you are wanting to catch a a really great lunch beforehand, there is an HEB that is down the street that has a barbecue restaurant inside of it. There you go. One of our few HEBs in Texas that has barbecue in it. And it is good <laughs> for, for it's not, like, not really expensive. And man, ah, and we still have the Texas Hemp Awards going on. That's voting. right. Voting, That's right. Voting goes on until the end of the month. Yep. I think submissions are closed now on products. Uh, but uh, I, th- I think they've got a pretty good variety of products to be judged again this year, too. So the product submissions are still. Maybe they are. They need to be delivered by eleven eighteen. So you got a day. Okay, one more day. There. I was. I wasn't far off. Beverage, edibles, gummies, edibles, non gummies, flour, pre rolled tinctures, topicals. Public voting is now open. Uh, I'm going to be busy judging all that good stuff. <laughs> I, I air quotes judging. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, and, now. I'll, and I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, basically, um, we're, we're, you're nominated. Uh, Austin's nominated for Advocate Warrior. Uh, the Texas Cannabis Collective is nominated for Advocate Warrior. Yep. Um, There's there. a list of people. Uh, be interesting to see who comes out the winner of that one because it's a big, long list of, of nominations on that one. Yeah, I, think last, I think last year there were 10 nominations, and I got runner-up. But uh, this year, I don't think I'm going to even get close to runner-up. <laughs> <laughs> the... Um, yeah, there's quite a quite a, quite a bit of names in this list. Um, if you go to our website and you click on pretty much any article right now, our we have a thing sitting in the middle of almost every article. We've got a little ad space we've put in for our sponsorships, and one of them is set there is for the Hemp Awards because we are we are a media sponsor. Um, trying to dr- dr- let people know because that's helps support the Last Prisoner Project. Yeah, and that's always something good to help with. Um, I think the company that they're working with is if you want to make a donation, I think they're called like Dutchie. And Dutchie's I think doing, so, yeah. I think they're doing like a dollar for dollar match. Don't, I say, don't quote oh, no, me, kidding. but they're doing, they're doing a match thing where pretty much anybody who donates through there, they're going to be matching some of the donations. So cool. Always a good thing. I think they're um, like a payment system for cannabis retailers. So you're supporting and helping have payment systems in this industry. And then you're helping people who are in prison. Win-win situation, right? Yeah. There you go. But we've got a link on our website. Pretty much you go and find the thing that says, hey, vote for Texas Hemp Awards. And if you click that link, it auto fills in everything the Texas Cannabis Collective is nominated for. So you got to do is <laughs> so all you got to do is click that link. All the little radio buttons that have Texas Cannabis Collective associated on them are, are clicked for you. You guys put your name and your email in to register and hit submit and you'll get an update as well. When it's all over, letting you know, hey, you know, um, you nominated somebody or you voted for somebody. Can you tell us why you voted for them? And you'll get to know when the next Texas Hemp Awards is coming up. That way, if there's somebody who wasn't nominated, you can nominate. There you go. They, they'd appreciate that. But yeah, I went through and I made it easy for everybody to vote for us. <laughs> I went through last year trying to tell people, like, hey, you got to click this, got to click this. I'm like, huh? How? Okay, yeah. I make this. I make this simple. Don't worry. 
Now, here you go. Let me do it for you. <laughs> Anything else you got on your mind, Chris? We wrap this up this episode. I, I think that's it. Other than uh, I think our episode next week, if you're wanting to know about upcoming bills and whatnot, you might want to tune in. That's going to be kind of the topic, the elections, the results and, and pre-filed bills up to date so far here in Texas. Yeah, that, that'd be the one that you want to make sure you're tuned in for to watch, watch over your holiday break. We're going to talk about the pre-filed, like you said, pre-filed bills, um, getting ready for action alerts, being ready to show up, write letters. Um, I don't say email because I started figuring out this last year. They circular file a lot of those emails that come from the automated system. For the little pre-written thing where we go and sign up, that that quickly can be circular filed in the digital bin of trash. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the episode. You, make sure you're, you guys are checking out for that. That's yeah. going to conclude it for this episode of the Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. I'm joined by co-host Gramps this week. Reminder that if you have not done so on like our YouTube channel, like and subscribe. Find us on social media, Texas Cannabis Collective. We hope everybody has a great week. And if you don't hear from us next week, you don't catch the episode, we hope you have a happy holiday. Stay safe, everybody. Peace and love.